Cześć Orzełki, tu Viola i Marcin. Uczymy się angielskiego poprzez naturalną konwersację i słuchanie. Jeśli chcielibyście czytać w trakcie słuchania, zapraszamy na stronę naturalnyangielski.com, gdzie znajdziecie transkrypcję i tłumaczenia wszystkich odcinków. Do you know what I find fascinating? That we live in a time where what I say into this mic today from my bedroom can be heard by someone in Poland also today, also sitting in their bedroom. The internet is really great for sharing information and connecting with people all over the world. When I think about the good side of the internet and social media, I think about the story of how our mom reconnected with an old friend. This happened a little more than 10 years ago. So mom was on one of those sites where you can find your old classmates. And that's where she found one of her best friends from her teenage years. The interesting part was they were both from this little village in Poland And by the time they found each other, mom had been living in the U.S. And her friend Alicia had already been living in Australia for a really long time. So these two ladies picked up right where they left off 30 years earlier. And they still Skype on a weekly basis and maintain a strong friendship, even though they live on the opposite ends of the world. Eventually, Alicia and her daughter came to visit us, and I flew to visit them too. They're definitely like family now. So, see, there can be some positivity on the internet. So, we use social media mostly to keep in touch with our friends and family. Since we all use the same social media apps, let's go over some of the basic digital terminology that we all use. Since most of these English terms are being used in Polish, you may already be very familiar with today's topic. If that's the case, you can use this episode as a listening and pronunciation exercise. Let's start from the very beginning when we first open an app. Oh, and by the way, we never call it an application. It's an app, which of course is short for application. So what's the first thing you do regardless of which app you're on? You scroll up and down your feed, F-E-E-D. That means that you move up and down the stream of content that is served to you by the algorithm. If you get your daily news from your phone and you want to tell your friend about what you saw online, you could say, I saw this interesting article on my newsfeed this morning. Or if you're talking about TikTok, you could say, this weird video showed up on my feed today. Then you just scroll and scroll and you keep scrolling sometimes mindlessly for hours. Those who have thousands and sometimes millions of followers are usually called influencers. Because they have such a big audience and they make money by partnering up with brands, they influence what you buy, that's first and foremost, 
what you do and what you say. Although we call these people influencers, I've noticed that they don't always call themselves that. I know a few people who have large followings and monetize their platforms, but over time feel like that name, influencer, doesn't give them the respect for the work that they do. It's one thing to take pictures or videos of yourself dancing or putting on a new outfit, but eventually you want to be known for creating a brand or a business and move on to something bigger. The shift I'm seeing now is towards the term content creator, which is a more general term that encompasses all types of social media users, those with large and small following. When you see content creators post videos, articles, or photos, you can engage with that post, which will boost its performance and hopefully make it go viral. So what does that mean? Engagement is any sort of action taken or interaction with the post. Most of the time, you can comment, you can like, share, or save. Sharing could be a reposting within the app you're in or sending via text, email, or another app. You can also tag locations or tag your friends in your posts or tag them within the comment section of someone else's post. When a post goes viral, it means that a lot of people have shared it, it received a lot of views, and became very popular. A viral post can also be turned into a funny gif or a meme or it can help you gain a lot of followers. A GIF, or GIF, short for Graphics Interchange Format, is an animated image, usually from a movie or TV show, used for the purpose of a joke or expressing other emotions. A meme is similar in that it is a cultural reference, but it's typically a static image. Sometimes you have to know the backstory behind them, but sometimes you don't. Because they are a cultural reference, the meaning of memes and GIFs can vary between different countries. I found this video series created by BuzzFeed called I Accidentally Became a Meme, where they interview the people whose faces appear in popular memes and ask for the story behind the picture or what was happening in that moment. It's pretty neat for those curious about the origins of things on the internet. Another way to express emotion is by using emojis. I send smiley faces and winky faces and hearts on a daily basis. I would advise you to be careful when sending emojis because something that is obvious to you or the meaning of something that is obvious to you is not always obvious to another person. For example, there is a bunch of crying emojis on your phone keyboard. Which ones are crying laughing and which ones are sad crying? Well, depends on whom you ask. Same thing goes for acronyms. 
long time ago, someone at my office told me that she had just learned that LOL stood for laugh out loud and not lots of love, meaning that until that time, she could have been receiving serious text messages from friends and family where maybe someone was sick or in the hospital, and she would answer them with, LOL, hey, my mother is in the hospital, LOL. Imagine the embarrassment once she found out the true meaning of it. Anyway, let's go back to the apps. What happens when you're not having a positive experience? If someone is harassing you online, you can block them or you can report them. This person, a hater or a troll, can potentially be banned from using the app and their account may be suspended. Internet trolls will say anything to get a rise out of you, provoke you, and just overall offend and upset others. Trolls are just unhappy people. Sometimes we may think that we did or said something wrong or inappropriate within our own content because we feel like we have been shadow banned by the app. Shadow banning is blocking or limiting a user's content from being seen by others so that their engagement and views aren't ranking very high, although the ban is not obvious to the user. Let's go through some of the most popular social media apps and their main functions. Twitter allows you to share your thoughts in short messages up to 280 characters called tweets, like bird tweets or bird chirps. Remember Tweety Bird? Twitter's trending hashtags are very popular because they give a glimpse into what people are talking about at a certain time. I would say we use Facebook for longer form posts and sharing within your close circles. Instagram, to some Insta, to others the gram, is more for photos, stories, and reels. Stories are shorter and last only 24 hours. Reels have an unlimited lifespan, can be edited by the creator and commented on publicly. Instagram is also known for the ability to direct message or DM just about anybody. We have this slang saying, sliding into someone's DMs which means that someone is DMing another person, being all smooth and flirtatious, hoping to start a conversation. How did you meet him? Oh, he slid into my DMs. YouTube is mostly centered around long-form videos, and TikTok is popular for its short, quick videos, as well as creative filters. Snapchat, a service for sending videos or snaps to your close friends, is also known for its filters. What's pretty cool is that each app has a distinctive function. I've never posted anything on YouTube, but I'm always on it, looking for all kinds of tutorials. 
During the last few years, I've spent a lot of time online learning how to do my makeup and which makeup products are best to use. I think I'm finally getting better at it. Love YouTube, but I think we should come up with a new opening phrase because Hey guys, welcome back to my YouTube channel is a little played out. All of these apps allow you to live stream or go live. Going live is a fun way to interact with your followers in real time. Those who tune into your live session can ask you questions and even create a personal connection. So you'd say, I'm going live at 5 p.m. today. Or, this girl I know was live on Instagram yesterday. Or, this girl I follow went live on Instagram yesterday. You can also say, I'm going to do a live session in the future. Then we have LinkedIn for professional connections. I have a corporate job and I like seeing what my coworkers move on to do. Some move up the corporate ladder and some start their own businesses. I've also connected with recruiters and hiring managers for potential jobs through this app. Wait, I just remembered I did get a job thanks to LinkedIn. And it's actually the job I have now. My current boss, before he was my boss, reached out to me because there was an opening on his team. Within LinkedIn, he searched for people who had a specific job title. He saw where I worked, saw that we had a lot of people in common, and that I worked with an old colleague of his. He sent me a message, explained the role he was hiring for, and said that I could reach out to any person we had in common if I wanted more information about what it's like to work with him. Of course, I did that. I talked to a few friends and coworkers, and they had nothing but nice things to say about this man. Next thing you know, I went in to interview with the entire team and eventually got the job. The nice thing about LinkedIn is you never have to feel guilty reaching out to people you don't know because it's not invasive. It's not their personal email, not even their work email. If they have a profile, then they have to expect that someone they don't know may try to connect with them for something specific. Lastly, we have Pinterest, which helps us find inspiration for cooking, home decor, or other hobbies. We pin what we find, our interests, to our virtual pin board or inspiration board. I like searching for recipe ideas. I'm trying to teach myself how to cook, so I'm always looking for the next recipe to try. The pretty pictures on Pinterest make everything just so appetizing. Of course, you can use social media to help you learn English. Try searching topics with English hashtags and following people who only speak English or use English in their social media.
You can also change the default language on apps or on your phone to English. If you add an English keyboard to your phone, it will allow you to type words in English and correct their spelling. And that's easy to change back and forth to Polish. If you work in Word or Excel or any Microsoft or similar app, you can also change the default language to English. This I actually highly recommend. The phrases and words used in these Office apps are very concise and logical. And all the words used in these apps overlap with anything else you use on your computer or phone. File, Design, Layout, View, Review, Insert are some examples of this. Well, this concludes our episode for today. Thanks for hanging out in cyberspace with me. I'm giving you all a virtual hug. As always, let me know what you think of this episode or send me any questions you may have at viola at naturalneangielski.com. Until next time.